0: Hey, this is Delitra. Hey everybody, this is Angela, and you're listening to Nutrient Sisters,
1: a podcast dedicated to helping you learn how to nourish your body and soul. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Nutrient Sisters. If you don't know anything about us and it's your first time listening, just know that two best friends form this podcast and we are all about creating a space for open, meaningful, yet practical dialogue concerning health and wellness. And with this episode, y'all are about to be blown away by our wonderful guest joining us tonight. Delitra and I are beyond excited for tonight's episode and we can't wait till y'all hear it. Now, usually we do a little summary for our guests, but Coach Tracy is in the house and she shared a beautiful bio with us that I want to read to you all because I do think that it's important to understand her full story and the work that she does. So Tracy Ford is a wife, mother, entrepreneur, and fierce woman. She became a mom at the tender age of 16 and walked into a life of domestic abuse at 18 when she married her children's father. After leaving that marriage and marrying again to a kind, loving man, she realized that she needed to do some serious healing. So she walked away from what many would deem the quote-unquote good life, great man, beautiful home, luxury cars, good credit. And um, it was the best decision she ever made for herself because it was the beginning of her finding, embracing, and accepting herself. Known for her infectious smile, down-to-earth vibe, and authenticity, she's a sought-after liberation and trauma-healing coach, speaker, author, and businesswoman. Her passion lies in helping people who identify as women and are black or of African descent liberate their mind, body, and spirit as they reconnect with and reclaim the parts of themselves that were lost, denied, abandoned, and hidden due to social conditioning and unhealed trauma, whether that's intergenerational, childhood, relationship, and or workplace or corporate. The ultimate vision is for them to remember who they are um, so that they can achieve success in all areas of their lives, live life on their terms, and be hashtag fearless, authentic, unapologetic as they grow, thrive, and flourish. Tracy, I love that bio. Um, I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing a little bit um, about your background. Um, If you want to add anything, thank you for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you. I am so excited. Sometimes I I wonder about sharing some of the things that I share because I don't want people to pigeonhole me in certain topics because I I have, because of surviving and thriving as a domestic violence um, victim, Mm -hmm. and I hate using that word because I'm not a victim, but I was at that time. I was so young, I had no idea what I was walking into, but I'm so grateful that you guys were able to see the complexity of my life and the completeness and and wholeness of my life to invite me to be a part of your podcast.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when we first, uh, when Deletra first, cause Deletra is the one who kind of reached out to you, yes. um, and initially. And so she was telling me all about it and I was like, wow, like, I didn't even know this was like a thing. Like you can be a drama coach. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> um, but then we started talking a little bit more about it and we're like, I think this is pretty important to share with people. Cause if we didn't know about it, I'm pretty sure maybe other people don't know.
2: Absolutely. And it's interesting because I absolutely there are trauma coaches and there are a number of institutions where you can get certified and so forth. But the coaching industry is not regulated. So you do not have to have certification. Hmm. The great thing about me is that I've lived through trauma. Um, I grew up watching And unfortunately, seeing my mother also being abused in both of her marriages, even with my own father. And you would think that that would not be something that I would walk into unknowingly because, quote unquote, I saw the signs. Well, I didn't see the signs because he was 10 when I met him. No, he was 11 and I was 10 when I met my um, children's father. Hmm. We met in the Kingdom Hall. We were both um, racist Jehovah's Witnesses. And he was kind he was sweet he was soft he was all the things and he was introduced to drugs so mm. i knew the person before drugs right and dealing living through that trauma that was just the that was the second part of living through trauma i grew up not living with my father so i always felt abandoned Mm -hmm. I always felt different. I always felt like the black sheep of the family because I was the one who was a voracious reader. I was the one that was always asking the questions. I was the curious um, child and I was always picked on even by my cousins. And at the time when you're young, you you don't really think about how it impacts you. But by the time I was a mother, at 16, I could tell the impact, but I didn't know what to do with it. I was 16. right? So being a trauma coach, I can connect with the people that I support on their journey of healing because I've lived a lot of what they are now experiencing or have lived. And the compassion, the empathy, and being seen, heard, and validated is so liberating because as Black women, we, our feelings, our needs, our wants, our desires, everything about us is either hypersexualized, mm. either we are over overused in so many ways by so many people. Um, if we're in the workforce, that we're expected to do the brunt of the work. And if we're not willing to do the brunt of the work, we're punished for it in many, many cases. Um, in relationship, because of historical slavery, which is why we even have the intergenerational trauma, because we wouldn't have that, those patterns and thoughts and ways of being, all of those things had it not been for the historical slavery. Now, that's not to say that coming from the um, culture of, of, in Africa and wherever in the Caribbean, that we did not have some generational patterns and ways of being that were not, serving us. It's not to say that, but I am saying that we more than likely would not have learned how to abandon ourselves emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, mentally. We were taught how to abandon ourselves because of the atrocities to survive. So I can understand another Black woman's lived experience, even if I have not personally experienced exactly what she's experienced, because a lot of what my clients have experienced are is deeply rooted in the generational trauma that's directly related to the social condition and attached to the historical trauma. So that, as a trauma coach, what I do is I help them to go inward, because all the answers are already inside of us. I'm not a therapist. All right? I do not advise or anything. I help them to uncover the truth of who they are. And that's through a lot of questioning and listening, but I also have a hybrid, if you will. We do a lot of talking because in order for us to understand how they got to where they are today, we have to do a deep dive into what has transpired in their past.
1: Okay, yeah, it's heavy. Do you do like uh, workbooks and things with them, Um, like written
2: journals, things like that? Absolutely. I like to work with journaling Um, and journaling and I'm going to say journaling and slash self-inquiry because journaling is great um, to get that flow of going and just to get things out of your head and onto paper, but I like to do self-inquiry where I'm asking specific questions. For instance, a question may be because we have to have some information about their their family. So we I do complete genograms in my coaching okay. because I need to know the patterns in your mother's side, your father's side, your mother's mother's and your father's father's. We need to dig and see hmm. where these patterns are. Is there a pattern of divorce? Is there a pattern of uh, addiction? Is there a pattern of child abuse? Is there a pattern of sexual abuse? Is there a pattern of um, whatever it could be? Because when you can connect those patterns, then you can understand how you ended up with it. Yeah. Because it travels from one generation to the other, because until someone decides to say, this is not serving us, this is not serving me. I don't want to do this and truly break that generational cycle and sometimes curses. We hear generational curses quite often, mm-hmm. but most of it is generational cycles because they are patterns, ways of being, ways of living that we've learned. They're not necessarily curses. Is, are there curses? Absolutely. There are some curses. Um, if you are um, a Christian, if you're Muslim, any type of religion, there is some conversation in religion about curses. So there yeah. there is such a thing as curses, but most of us are dealing with generational cycles and patterns. Right. So that's why we, we do the genogram. But the self-inquiry and the dialogue, and those are the things that really help the client to get a really deep view into the soil and start to see what's up under there, what needs to be uprooted, what do I want to keep, what needs to be nurtured and cultivated, and that's how coaching evolves with me and my clients. And as a process of us doing the tilling and the cultivating and nurturing and so forth is how we are starting to peel back those layers and start to ditch those social conditioning, the social conditioning and those ways of being that are no longer serving us. And the reason why I do what I do is because as a group of people, as a community of people, we have searched outside of ourselves for over 400 centuries for liberation, for equality, for justice. It hasn't happened. And the reason why it hasn't happened is because it cannot happen if you don't know who you are. We are still asking the very people to give us liberation, to give us equity, to give us justice, to to say that we are human and that uh, our blood bleeds red just like theirs. And that makes us just as much human as they are. The very people who are never going to agree to that, we have to claim that we have to own that we have to walk in that power and we have to show up and we have to say, you know what? I don't need you to say that I'm equal, but I'd be darned if you're not going to treat me as I'm equal. You right. will not pet my hair as if I'm an animal, touch my hair as if I'm an animal. You will yeah. not speak to me as if I am your, and I hate to say this word, if I'm you know, a slave, you will not demean me. You will not degrade me. You will not dehumanize me. Mm-hmm. Right. You will not tell me that my tears don't matter. They matter. You will not call me this the angry black woman. And if you do, so what? Anger is an emotion. And if I'm angry, then that means you need to determine what it is that you did, because it's not on me. Mm-hmm. Stop the projecting. But we have to stand up at some point. Individually, that's the micro. But if we do the work as individuals and it is we transmute the the pain the hurt, and start to reclaim those things that have been stolen from us, that were stripped from us, our sensuality, our eroticism, our intelligence, because yes, they will tell us that we're not intelligent, but we have the receipts to prove that we are. Okay. Um, (laughs) We have all these things, our curiosity, our sense of adventure, our love of nature, all of the things that make us so unique and so beautiful those are the things if we really sit back and we think about it those are the very things that they tell us are ugly about us right right yeah those are the things that actually give us the power and knowing that we have that power is what scares them the difference is we're not our power we never wanted to use it to hurt anyone we Mm. simply want to be able to live in this world and know that if we go to the grocery store to the nearest Wendy's or wherever that we're going to be able to come home safe and sound. Right. Right. And not be afraid to speak our truth, not be afraid to stand up for ourselves, not be afraid to have our young boys and girls play with toys that any other young girl or boy can play with and not be killed. That's all we want. Right. We want to make, I don't want to have to work an extra three to six months as a black woman to make what my cisgender white male is making. Mm-hmm. We just want the equality.
1: Yeah, I mean, it to us. We
2: have to we have to do something to push the envelope and make it happen. Now, will it happen in the next decade? Probably not. Will it happen in my lifetime? Probably not, but we have to continue working towards it. And the only way to do it is to liberate ourselves. Yeah, this is um,
1: this is heavy, heavy stuff we're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I getting mean, like goosebumps. I know, right? <laughs> has
1: already dropped
0: like so many good jokes and so many thoughtful um, discussions to have about the experience with trauma. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I went on your website and I got chills just reading that and how you've overcome all those different um, situations. And I feel like that's so relatable, even if I haven't gone through all of those things to, to know that there's somebody that you can work with that has had a wealth of experiences and can really show up for you um, and relate to you. And, You know, I feel like I was in in my head because I'm not trying to make the podcast too churchy. Like all the things you were saying, I'm like, yes, yes, amen, yes, yes, Lord. Uh, You know, I didn't want to make it, you know, too a little urban. But um, I'm so, so if the the audience hasn't, I probably didn't tell you guys. So I'm a part of this Facebook group, um, which Links individuals that want to have guests or they want to be a podcast guest. And I saw Tracy's post um, a couple months ago mm-hmm. and I screenshotted it and I was like, let me get back to that. Cause this is something that we need to be talking about mm. on our podcast. Tray. Tracy, like just what you said so far, I'm like, mm, so many different gyms. Mm. I really um, was interested in, And the topic of historical trauma, Mm -hmm. in particular related to slavery, I'll just say my personal experience. Um, Growing up, you know, I had the very basic um, education on Black history, which is not enough, the the Mm -hmm. same thing everybody gets. Um, So I knew about, you know, the different struggles and stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that they keep out. Mm -hmm. Um, And growing up, very ignorant. Um, outside of, of course, I experienced racism like everybody, but I didn't understand, well, not everybody, because everybody does not, uh, like a lot of Black people do. Mm-hmm. And, but I did not underst- understand the history, why things are the way they they are. And I've had an awakening in these past, maybe so seven to 10 years, mm-hmm. um, understanding more of the history and the effects of slavery. And not to mention you know, my mother was born um, in the '50s, so mm-hmm. she was alive during segregation. So we just think about—they really talk about slavery a lot and how that was a huge thing, which it is huge. But mm-hmm. then we think about segregation, yeah, that occurred right after, and right now, how we're in like this. Some people say the new Jim Crow era. Mm-hmm. Like it's just over and over again. All the things that we've experienced from, you know, that huge event and how that shows up as trauma in our everyday lives. Yeah. Um, and how to deal with that. In the past couple of years, you know, I've personally had a trouble with reconciling that, like, wow, yeah. you know, obviously, if you don't know, like slaves, they they beat them, they yeah. strip them of their name, their culture, they, they were treated as animals less mm-hmm. than a person. And I feel like some of those effects are still present today, even though we're not enslaved. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. treated like we're less um, than mm-hmm. a human. And like you were talking about the experiences like going to Wendy's or or to the store and you know wonder if you're gonna come back in one piece or wonder if you're gonna be treated properly. Absolutely. Um, just because of your skin color. Nothing you said or did, just your presence is a threat to some people. Um, and then, like, right, because I'm in my hand, I'm like, was that person just rude? Or were they racist? Like, what was that? You know, right. right. You and know,
2: it's and- to second guess yourself and start right. gaslighting yourself. And you're like, am yep. I crazy or am I mm-hmm. being too emotional? Am I being right? <laughs> And
0: then the whole angry black woman Mm -hmm. thing. And so when you do react, they try to make you seem like you're crazy. But really, the reaction was necessary and appropriate for the treatment um, that you've received. So there's so much messaging um, Mm in environments. And I'll just be for myself. And I know a lot of black people that have similar experience that you encounter. And personally, it starts to make you those messages get to you and you you start to feel like you know you're an animal if you're being stared at all the time Mm -hmm. for no reason or if someone's not treating you right or somebody's gaslighting you i know last year i was trying to um go to this resort and i was asking questions about that and about the specific property and she was like oh no that that wasn't booked on our our website that must have been that other website i was like no girl it's on this website she was like no i don't know anything about that maybe you need to contact them like Girl, what? No, just because I'm black doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, you know, I can't stay here. So exactly. it's like, you know, those different things. I've been really doing the work, you know, outside of my uh, my other personal stuff that I go through, right. just the black experience and all the trauma and all the events that we continue to go through. And how do you reconcile that and be a whole person and show up mm-hmm. um, in society proud? To, yes. to be Black and not afraid, you know, of what's going to happen to you just because you're Black.
2: Right. right. Um, so I had, yeah. It's I mean, difficult. I had a, you could go. But we, we do it, and we've been doing it, even yeah. when we were being beat mm-hmm. on the plantation. And I was talking to, um, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking about, Self, oh, I was talking teaching self abandonment in my private group on Facebook, and we I was talking about the ways we abandon ourselves and how it started, and it started on the plantation uh, when we were taught to abandon ourselves to save ourselves. If you have watched your best friend, your mother, your father, your niece, your cousin being beat to the point of blood gushing out of their back. And I do not mean to trigger anyone, so please um, put a trigger warning on this. Um, But when you have watched that, just like when many of us were traumatized watching the the murder of George Floyd, Mm -hmm. we saw that. We went inward and we were terrified. When you are terrified, you find ways to save yourself and abandoning who you are, what you desire, what you want, what you need, keeps you safe and alive. So a lot of the things that we are still doing today, for for instance, if someone is afraid of being visible, have you ever watched any of the movies where a child was pushed behind the mother? Mm that child, she was protecting her child, Mm -hmm, but that was being afraid of someone. So even though her, she was protecting her son or her daughter, the child may not have received it that way. The child may have received it as she's uh, embarrassed of me, or that person is someone I'm supposed to be afraid of, or a number of different things. But until we are able to have that dialogue, which many of our ancestors were not able to have that type of dialogue when they were telling the um, overseer that their child was too stupid. No, she's not smart, he's Mm -hmm. not smart. And the child was hearing this, the mother or the whomever was simply trying to protect, but the child believed that they were not smart, that they were Mm -hmm. stupid. Hmm. So when we think about it from that perspective, we can see why it's so hard, but then we have to think about the ones who said, you know what, I'm not going to, abandon. this is not right. I'm not going to abandon myself. I'm going to try to get away from here. Right. right. Those are the ones who were like, no, I, I deserve to be treated better than this. I deserve to have freedom. I deserve to not have to work from sun up to sundown. I deserve not to have to nurse someone else's baby and right. can't nurse mine.
1: Mm-hmm. Those are
2: the ones who were who were like I'm proud of who I am and I'm going to try. So even when we were being grotesquely abused and mistreated and dehumanized, we still were able to have pride. Let's think about how even though we couldn't have quote unquote marriages, we would jump the broom. Right. We had some ways Think about how even when there was nothing, that Sunday outfit to go to church Mm
0: -hmm.
2: was always clean and you were proud. Mm -hmm. There were certain things that even though we may have been living through some of the most horrific conditions, we did not lose our sense of pride for the most part. Mm -hmm. Not all of us were able to hold on to it because we're all our, our emotional and mental makeup is so different. But we've been able to maintain that. If we did not have that pride, we would not be out here going, uh, going at it. Especially the, our black women. How some of us have yes. two and three degrees. Yes. Mm. Yep. yep. We are doing the, because we are we are proud of who we are. We're proud of the uh, education, our intelligence, and so forth. The only concern is that what exactly are we attempting? to do are we getting the education because we are covering up other insecurities other things that are we are afraid to look at yeah because sometimes what we're doing is we're we're we're, we continuously get the accolades but it's not fulfilling and so we go okay so let me do this and maybe this will make me feel better let me no that didn't so if i do this maybe this will work Mm-hmm. The hard part is saying, you know what, I'm running from something. Mm. I need to un- I need to slow down. I need to allow myself, but we've never been able to give ourselves permission to be vulnerable, to be transparent, because we've been told we have to be strong. Right, strong black woman. And that is another source of pride that is now and has been slowly killing us, slowly right. but surely, because we're overgiving. We're over loving. We're over pleasing. We're overdoing. We're doing all the things over, but at the end of the day, we're falling out in the bed with mm-hmm. hypertension, diabetes, migraines, poor eating habits, mm-hmm. over overweight, underweight, um, all the things because we're not. Mm-hmm. We've never been taught to take care of ourselves. We have always been taught to take care of someone else. So even though, and, and I say this because it's a sense of pride for me to say that, yes, you all of that was done, but still we rise. Right.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Tracy, ooh.
2: I could have used you, girl. I
1: could have used you years ago, let me tell you, because I had a different experience from Deletra. I did have mm-hmm. a moment where um, I was able to kind of learn a little bit more about, like, identity development. Um, I was in a grad school program. And, I mean, my background, so I'm half black, half white, mm-hmm. um, but I was adopted by white people. Mm-hmm. And so for so this grad school year, uh I learned about critical race theory. I mm-hmm. learned about black identity, black development. And when I tell you that I had I don't know, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis cuz I was only 20 like pff, 2 or 23, but mm-hmm. I went to the darkest, deepest hole that mm-hmm. I have ever experienced in my life and So I guess my question is, when you get this far with somebody, when you get that far with uh, a client that you work with, where you've like opened their mind, right? Because I feel like this, you're opening everybody's minds right now. (laughs) Like, how do you turn that around? Because when I was, I was severely depressed when I started learning this stuff. Um, I was like, what? Like, how come no one's ever taught this to me? How come I'm just now learning this at like 22? Like... I was actually suicidal. Like, I, so I feel mm-hmm. like when you get to a point with your clients where you've kind of opened their eyes to this, you know, this trauma and and things like that, how do you get that to turn around so that they don't get to that that point if they ever do? I don't know if your people do, but
2: right, great question. Actually, most of my clients when they come to me, they have already done some type of work with a therapist or a coach or a combination. Most of my clients come to me because they are now looking for some practical tips and tools and resources and ways to embody and integrate change, behavioral change. Because a lot of times the talk therapy, which is wonderful, I Mm -hmm. love my therapist friends, um, but sometimes it's not enough to um, move behavior. So with me working with my clients, they always have soul work. So for instance, today I was uh, working, I offer some free coaching and I was working with one person in particular and one of her um, concerns was that she had to constantly be busy because if she wasn't busy, Hmm. she would be lonely and she would ruminate on the things that were not good, negativity would set in and so forth.
1: Hmm.
2: As we I continued to ask her questions. It actually came down to that she was trying to make a significant change in her life, but intimacy was what she was desiring. It wasn't so much that it was the, the ruminating on things that she couldn't have. She was seeking intimacy. Okay. So when we were talking about where that started and how that started her life and why she's seeking it outside of herself... I had to help her to understand that intimacy and sensuality are things that were stripped from us. So the reason why you're searching for it outside of yourself is because that's what's been taught to you, is that you are hyper-sexualized, you are hyper-promiscuous, um, you are hyper... Um, Fast, You know, that's what they call yeah. the as tail girls mm-hmm. um, and all the things. So when and then you you're trying to have a relationship with someone who has also been told that he's a mandingo mm-hmm. uh, or that he's this sex god. <laughs> right. You know, you've got all these. So helping to understand, to connect the dots of the why you are thinking the way you're thinking and how it happened, then you can decide, okay, do I want to continue to think this way? Or do I want to unlearn this behavior? So the goal is to unlearn the behavior, the thinking, the programming. And the way that I do that is I give them soul work. Any type of homework is called soul work because we're working on the soul. Mm. So her homework was um, to spend some time learning how to be intimate with herself. And that could be physical intimacy. It could be mental intimacy. It mm-hmm. could be intellectual intimacy. Because what we forget most, because our this Western world thinks of intimacy from a sexual right. level. But mm-hmm. intimacy is not just sexual. That's just one small facet of intimacy. Right. Right.
1: And no, that's so it her
2: to understand. And when she was like, she was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. I never even, so there were a couple of books and some other homework that I gave her or soul work that I gave her. And because the, the answers are always inside, even though we're having these deep conversations about certain parts of how we've been programmed and conditioned, there is a way um, to work through that in conversation and in the dialogue with my clients. And it's more from a sister to sister, even though I am, I have the power dynamics, of course, being the coach, Mm -hmm. but I I always, always one get consent. And second, I always, always lead from a place of safety, making sure they're secure. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I love, love that all of my, work is done virtually um, because i get a chance to see the person and i get an opportunity to see what's going on with their body language what's going on in their face i'm listening to their voice i'm looking and listening at all of these things so that i can actually step in and say okay i'm noticing that this is happening so let's mm-hmm. take a moment let's get grounded let's get recentered. tell me what's coming up for you and then we move back into it And the other thing is when we're going through this, we a lot of coaches, and I know therapists cannot get, quote unquote, in the pool. Um, They cannot share a lot of their own stories. They can't really connect as deeply as I'm able to connect with my clients. And because I'm able to connect with my clients as deeply as I'm able to, they feel safe. They know that everything that we're doing, is, the end result is for them to set a better example for their their children. Their, the end result is for them to own their voice, own their power, and speak up for themselves when things happen in the workplace, things happen on social media, things happen with their children, but be able to do so in a way that even even if they're called an angry black woman or any other thing that mm-hmm. they don't lose their cool. It's okay if they do, but they're able to stand in their power, in their truth of who they are and show up how they want to, not how someone has told them they they do or mm-hmm. they should. And that's the part of it that makes it... Um, Palatable, if you will, for my clients when they're they're we're having these deep conversations. Now, I have had some clients that are like, "What?" and we have to pedal, you know, come back a little bit, right? And move forward.
0: Okay. Wow. I would have never. Obviously, I'm not trained in any of this stuff. Um, right. Based off of what you said about that client, would have connected her. Um, Being so busy to relating that to an intimacy issue, how do are there certain symptoms that someone would recognize um, that you know trauma is manifesting in their lives and they need to to get help? Like, is there a, a common thing that? Maybe there's like an aha moment that hey, I need to reach out to someone like Coach Tracy.
1: I need Coach Tracy.
2: Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> That's right? We, we all do. Right? We all do. We all do. <laughs> I, I don't think that there is necessarily a common symptom because. I have a belief that we have all been traumatized in some capacity, whether we came from what we would quote unquote call a good upbringing, a, a loving home, hmm. because even in the best of homes, I was just on the phone with my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, and she said, Mom, when you were, I hated that you worked all the time and hmm. I needed more of your time. And she said, that really hurt. Now, she's 34. Hmm. I had heard that from her. Okay. So yeah. that was because my kids, they, they're they like, my mom is the greatest. And I'm like, I know I'm not the greatest. I know I'm a really <laughs> good mom. I am. I, I, I claim that I'm a really good mom, but I know that I made mistakes. And I know that I've hurt you. But I think she thought that if she ever told me that she would hurt me. And of course, it did hurt me. Yeah. But I was able to say, you know what, baby girl? Thank you for telling me that because I honestly knew that I wasn't perfect. I never proclaimed to be, but thank you for telling me that I can't fix what happened in the past. But what right. I can do is be more present for you now. Hmm. And it seems like that's okay. So you you don't necessarily know that there's a symptom, but I will give you an idea of how some people know.
0: Okay.
2: One of the biggest things that I've seen with a lot of um The clients that I've worked with is relationship. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: If they are having a difficult time maintaining a relationship, typically they're going to beat themselves up for it and they think, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. So they'll come to me and they'll go, I have no idea. I know I've never seen a good uh, loving relationship, but I'm a good person. I'm a good woman and all the things, but I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men, or mm. keep attracting men that just aren't good for me, and I, I something's going on with me. Bingo! The back. <laughs> You're talking about me. <laughs> we start killing the layers back. We understand that at some point in their life, whether it was it wasn't just their, it could have been when they were inner teenager, was abandoned because they, um, had a good, they had this young boyfriend, um, or they had a crush and they thought that they were their boyfriend or something and they ghosted them. So there's this abandonment or rejection, um, that's inside them that they didn't even know that they had. They're like, Oh my God, you're right. Mm -hmm. Because you, we don't associate it. We just go, okay, my heart was broken, but we don't, because we're so young. We don't associate being traumatized with a breakup. We just associate it as being heartbroken mm. or that is traumatic. And especially if it was done in a way that wasn't wasn't kind. Mm. Um and so a lot of times they'll think that that the, the problem is is them. Well, it's not that it's a problem, it's that this is something a pattern. We learn what we live, and then a lot of times because of who we are as black women, we don't get an opportunity to, to express our pain, our hurt because right. we're strong black women, so we push everything thing everything down and we like, I'm good, I'm okay. So that's part of it. One way. Another way would be um, someone wants to parent differently. They've had this conversation. Um, weapons. like where, where? weapons, Where did that come from? Well, it came from the plantation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We always, many black people would have you know have an issue with. Um, a white person, and when they would discipline their child, they'd be like, go somewhere and sit down. Sit down. Don't do that. And they g- just keep talking to them, whereas our reaction would be, hmm. get right. I'm a that. I'm a Yes. <laughs> so that's a learned behavior, but if we, we never would have connected those two dots with where did we learn to whip our children, but right. the majority or the dominant race does not engage in that with their children, but they did it to control an entire race.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. So when someone comes to me and they're talking about conscious parenting, the reason why they're coming to talk to me is because they're getting pushed back in their family because people are like we we got whoopings ain't nothing wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And there is <laughs> we, we turned out all right. So, so that was no, good do. enough for you. No, right. they're Not they're lying. So that would be another way. Another way. Um, another way um, that some people have have found me was that they just continuously are unhappy, and they're just like something is blocking me from having the happiness that I want, hmm. and I I have everything. I have a great home. I have all the things. But what is, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. And when they've heard my story of I walked away from everything, mm. I, I mean, I walked away, from, literally, I walked away from everything. A good, I mean, he was a great person. We're still friends today. But I had to walk away to save me. Right. Because I was giving so much of myself away, I was given all of my power away in an attempt to earn love, Mm -hmm. even though he loved me, but he couldn't love me the way that I needed to be loved. And I was putting the pressure on him to love me in the way that my father, who I was abandoned by, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in my mind, he didn't abandon me, learned the true story, but that imprint had already been made. Right. And until someone has that, tells you the story, which my father died in 2009, I was 40 something years old, I did not learn the true story about what happened until my father died. Hmm. So, a lot of times in our households, there's closed lips, and I always tell people secrets are like the disease of the body. Right. Secrets kill, secrets harm. Yeah. So those are some of the ways, um, some of the things that people have presented themselves with me or in the last one was workplace. So upset with the workplace because I'm doing all the things. I'm working late. I'm coming in early. I'm taking all the, the, the positions, doing all the things, but I can't get a promotion. And every time I go for my annual review or quarterly review or whatever, it's like they keep changing the rules or Hmm. the metrics. Hmm. I I just, I'm, I'm tired. So they want to know what can they do so that they can own their voice and speak up for themselves. And a lot of times it's not so much that they're not able to speak up for themselves. It's the retaliation that we are fearful of, of losing our jobs, of losing, um, the opportunities that we may have thought we may have access to um, of being discriminated against. Sometimes we don't necessarily lose a job, but we are, we are blackballed or we are Mm -hmm. um, treated so harshly Mm -hmm. because they also know many people um, in places of power, they also know that we have to have these jobs, right? Right. (laughs) So the, instead of them firing you, that way, you might, you know, you, you may un- may or may not get unemployment or whatever. It's almost like they're trying to push you out the door versus fire you because there's still this need to have your human labor, right? So yeah. those are some 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 other um, arenas that where people will come to work with me to work through how do I still own and take pride in who I am and still show up powerful. And not be taken advantage of, but also be able to respectfully, for myself, stand up for myself.
1: All right. I see here we've got something. So, do you call yourself a plantologist?
2: <laughs> that was old. The, the the whole site is changing. However, I okay. am a huge plant lover. Okay. When I first started, I was. Um, I did work with plants with my, with my um, clients because caring for a plant can teach you so much about life in in and of itself. Okay. Um, So I I get a lot of lessons from my plants. Um, For instance, um, I'm looking at one of my plants now and they're growing like crazy. They're not competing with the other person. They're not saying, mm. "Oh my gosh, I got to compare myself to you. If I don't hurry up and and get another, you know, stalk over here or another vine over here, you're going to outgrow me." Mm. <laughs> they just exist and they take up space. They don't care how big they get. That's on you. <laughs> they just grow. They just mm-hmm. show up. That just so many lessons that we can get from plants. So I did use plants, but not everybody loves plants and not everybody has a green thumb. And then I also realized (laughs) and I'm not going to say that not everybody has a green thumb. We've been told that we don't have a green thumb, so we believe that we don't have a green thumb, which is what I used to believe, and now I have over five hundred plants in my home. Oh gosh! Yes, we. It's very nicely arranged. If you've ever You're seen Plant my, Mom, <laughs> yeah, <I> see. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen my um, Instagram, it's very nicely done. Um, we have a pretty big house. We have three levels, so um, we have hanging plants and plants that you know on the floor and all the things, but. When you can take that thought, that negative thought out, because a plant is a living thing just like us, it feels the energy. It's almost like, you're afraid to take care of me. You're afraid of me. So I'm not sure if I really want to, you know, do you, are you sure you're going to be able to take care of me?
1: <laughs> right.
2: When the plant like- doesn't know how to react to you because plants feel our energy. They not only feel our energy when we talk to them, when we sing to them, the energy in our homes, all of those things. <clears throat> so some people were like, I'm not good with plants. And I try to, you know, you, you are good with plants. Just be patient. And it just didn't work. So, But still some um, metaphors and analogies to plants um, in, okay. in my book.
1: I feel like the air you're breathing in that house is fresh. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lot of
2: plants. (laughs) So, what what do you. I never thought that I would have plants like this because I used to kill plants, like, kill plants. I always loved ferns Mm -hmm. and corn plants. And I have like three or four corn plants now that are thriving. But I couldn't I could not care for them because I didn't understand light and water and all that. Excuse me. I couldn't understand light and water. And then something clicked.
1: Hmm. You know, it's funny because while you were talking, I was thinking like, first of all, I think you're great. Like, I, I love the work you do. It's fascinating. Um, and I was like, you know, if she keeps healing everybody, she's gonna lose a job. <laughs> but I think like, what, what do you think it looks like, like futuristically, I guess? What does the future look like for black women, especially in, and the trauma? What do you what do you think that looks like? for future if that makes sense i don't even know if what i'm asking makes sense
2: i think what you're saying is that with the work that you're doing people are going to be healed and you're not going to have any clients yes girl as well yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i mean i know there's you know there's there's millions of people on this earth but
2: but what do you think the goal yeah well that's my goal goal. is not for my clients to stay with me more than they need to Mm -hmm. Um, My goal is for them to build a solid foundation of belief in themselves, change their mindset so that when they have those moments, when they are not as excited or the thoughts or the inner self that's wounded starts talking junk to them. (laughs) Excuse me, I I got a little hot. Hmm. Starts talking to them that they know how to give her some compassion because that's still her. That's just a part of her that was wounded at 3, 12, 20, 30, 50, whatever part. So, never, I never call that part of us our inner critic because that's not a critic. That is the person, that part of you kept you safe. That is your survival brain who's like, this kept us safe, so we need to keep doing this. But we need to have compassion and give that part of our brain some grace as well and thank that part of us that's wounded for keeping us safe and keeping us protected, even though it did not necessarily serve us well, but it did keep us safe to a certain degree when mm-hmm. we did not know. So my goal is for them to learn how to have those tough conversations with themselves, feel them, feel those emotions in their bodies allow those emotions, and then move forward. Because we've been taught to abandon our emotions because if we're not in touch with our emotions, we can be controlled. Because our emotions tell us the truth of what's really going on. When someone gaslights us and they say, that couldn't have ever happened. The Mm -hmm. reason why they're able to gaslight us is because they're telling us to abandon our truth and then they get frustrated in their white fragility or whomever it may be is aggravated because their wound is now aggravated because there is an emotional wound inside of them that does not want to admit that they have some they are they may be racist. So what my goal is is for us to be able to have those deep conversations move through them embody the, and transmute the pain and the hurt and alchemize it and turn it to something really, really beautiful because the goal is for us to have love, to receive love and to be love because that's what we all are. Mm. That's what we were created from. We were created from love, but we've been separated from it. So I want them, whether it's six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever that time is, I want them to go off and continue to spread their wings and tell other people, support other people, because we have to heal collectively in community. And that becomes a ripple effect. And the bigger Mm -hmm. that ripple effect is, the more and the faster we become a liberated people. And the faster we can start changing and dismantling white toxicity, the patriarchy, capitalism, elitism, classism, able, ableism, all the isms and, mm. and so forth. So I don't want them to stay with me forever. That's the intent for you to be strong enough to go out there and affect change differently, but more impactfully.
0: Okay, right, And... I um, watch Anyala fix my life. Um, I know some people, (laughs) when she's controversial, I love her. But I love in the beginning how she says she's here to help you do your work. Mm -hmm. So they can't be connected to her or Coach Tracy all their lives to get through things. Uh, They go through the process of getting help to get tools to help them navigate because they're Unfortunately, there are some um, uh, some hard situations or potentially bad things that are going to continue to happen mm-hmm. in life. You know, a family member dies. That's mm-hmm. hard to be without your... your. If, like if your parents pass away, that's, that's hard to be without them. Um, so I don't think you'll be... <laughs> there may be any shortage of trauma <laughs> and events that people are going to um, go through that are going to need help. And I know trauma right now is a very... Um, popular term yes. now. You know, I hear a lot of people saying, yeah, my trauma and this trauma and this. Um, and I hope that those people are taking the steps to do the work or realizing, you know, it's good to recognize, you know, what your trauma is and how you can, um, right. what you need to do to get on that path of recovery.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: so I'm so glad to have this topic on the podcast today. Um, Tracy, how can our listeners connect with you or work with you um, through their their process?
2: Great. I would love, love, love to chat with you all. The way that you can connect with me is on the social media streets. My handle (laughs) is planted to flourish and that's P L A N T E D T O flourish f-l-o-u-r-i-s-h and that's on instagram my facebook page um youtube pinterest on linkedin it's uh tracy ford if you simply look for my name and ford is spelled with an e on the end f-o-r-d-e Um, Or if you search online life coach for a black for black women or trauma coach for black women, you'll more than likely find me because there's very few of us that work specifically with black women. And that was intentional because I wanted to center our lived experiences. We have some wonderful coaches out there, but not not everyone focuses on the trauma and the liberation part of it. Um, And if they're excited about ending 2021 strong, Mm -hmm. They can go to my Instagram um, and they can click the link. I'm hosting a seven day clutter-free mind, body, and spirit challenge. That's actually 100% via email. And it starts on this Sunday. And the goal is to start to fiddle around a little bit and start removing some of those things that have been weighing us down, whether it's in our mind, it's our limiting beliefs. It could be the what we're treating and how we're treating our body. Are we not drinking enough water? Are we um, not getting enough rest? Are we not moving enough? And for our spirit, it could be, are we not praying? Are we not meditating? Are we not spending time allowing our intuition? So it's uh, seven days to get us prepared for for 2022, but not waiting until 2022 because we have to live today.
0: Yes, mm. yes, mm-hmm. that's so true. Cheers to that. That's so true because everybody, well, not everybody, there's some people that are waiting until New Year's to get mm-hmm. their life together. and Me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
2: <true>. <laughs> I'm waiting to be happy. And, I don't know. And it's it's, all things.
1: It's, a, yes. it's a mental blockage. I'm like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> no,
2: let's do this now. I, right know, right now. I know. I right. will now that I know. Shoot, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on, this, uh,
0: on
1: your social media. Right, yes. right,
0: right now is the time. And unfortunately, a lot of people that make resolutions, they don't even keep them. So maybe... There's some backwards type of psychology that can happen if you do it earlier you
2: might get it straight <laughs> to,
0: exactly to but the reason
2: that. why most of us don't keep those resolutions and I always call them promises to me because if I said I was promising something to myself there was no way I was breaking it because I mm. really believe in keeping my promise yeah. so I did not break my promises to myself but many of us don't keep those resolutions because we are afraid to pull back the covers and s- pull the stuff out of the closet and pull the c- right. up and look and lift that mattress up and all the things mm-hmm. and so you can't really follow through on a, a resolution or a promise to yourself when you don't know who you are right
0: and
2: mm-hmm. what you really want
0: yeah and it can be scary or I would feel scary about the unknown or mm-hmm. maybe it's frustrating to, to relive some of those experiences that have made you you know who you are today but mm-hmm. I think the end the end process is so rewarding what Mm -hmm. you get on the end is more valuable than continue to stay stuck in whatever it is that has you stuck and not letting you to be your full potential. To me, that's more scary than going on a path to get better. Yes. So it's, it's really a a reframing of the mind thing. And I'll admit I'm, I'm I'm in the same, I've been in the same boat and I've been working on my mind to, to, to frame it more positively. Mm. Um, but Tracy, we want to thank you for joining us and sharing such valuable information. Uh-huh. Um, thank you to the listeners for joining us for another episode of Nutrient Sisters. Uh, guys, please make sure to follow Tracy on her social media, Planet Planted to Flourish, um, and her website, Planettoflourish.com. Continue to stay up to date with us on social media at Nutrient Sisters to learn more about upcoming episodes and our guests share this episode with your friends or family and family and or Uh, I feel like I've said that before but this I feel like this is a really really awesome um, episode and life-changing information to get you from from stuck to liberated. Um, So share, share, share. Get the information out there. Stay connected with Tracy. Um, And until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later.